Hare Krishna, Ananda Shesha Prabhu, are you there? Ananda Shesha Prabhu? Yes, Prabhu, we are live, you can start. Where is Maharaj? There is Badri Narayan Maharaj, Hare Krishna. My obeisances, Maharaj. My obeisances to you. We had a little minor technical difficulty, but we're now together. So, Maharaj, you're a very famous devotee. We're not going to give you some introduction, but I will tell the audience that on YouTube and on our uh, website, we have a full uh, uh, bio on you that they can read. Of course, you are initiating spiritual master, you are a sannyasi, you serve as a GBC, you're a worldwide preacher, and you're one of the happiest. Useless. I, I was useless until I met Prabhupada, and I'm of use only by his mercy. That's another one of your wonderful qualities. You're totally uh, in a, in a, you, you're, you have total fidelity to Srila Prabhupada. So... So may your words you know, become true. <laughs> they already are. Uh, at least that word. So we have the SPT. We're doing this wonderful uh, Kartik, a Bhagavatam class every single day for every day of Kartik. I think we're on chapter 13 or 14. And this is the killing of Prolambasura. And you've been kind enough to... Uh, lead us on that. And so I'm not going to waste uh, much time giving uh, a promotion on ourselves, but we do want our audience to continue watching uh, all of our presentations. And I will also say that you are part of the presentation for Srila Prabhupada's Disappearance Day, which will take place on November 7th and 8th. And so we look forward to you coming back and uh, speaking about Srila Prabhupada also. Thank you. So, so, Maharaj, we're ready to uh, hear from you. Uh, let's uh, start. And uh, they'll take me off the screen. And you're all good to go, Maharaj. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Thank you, Gopal. In the way of invocation, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. The, because there's a lot of ground to cover and we have limited time, I thought I've broken this into two parts. So I'm going to do part one first. And then uh, we'll see if we have time for part two. Uh, part one is more general or foundational. In other words, the we're celebrating Kartik season, Damodar Lila, Krishna's pastimes, and they are amazing. And uh, people may say, well, this is wishful thinking. This is your anthropomorphism. And, uh, you know, 
people who are actually sober don't believe this. And this is just folklore sentimentality that there's, you know, a little cowherd boy and he's the cause of all causes. And, you know, give me a break. So there is that. I, I thought I should address that first. Um, but because. Well, here we go. The chapter 18, Prolumbusur, is what we're supposed to be speaking about. And I selected one verse. Uh, it's verse 26 of chapter 18. And it goes like this. As the great demon carried Balaram, the Lord became as heavy as a massive Mount Sumeru. And Palumba had to slow down. He then resumed his actual size, an effulgent body that was covered with golden ornaments and that resembled a cloud flashing with lightning and carrying the moon, that moon being Balaram. Well, that's a lot to believe. So the and we'll get there in a moment. But I also wanted to say the benefit of this series. You know, this just I want to cover a little ground before we get rolling. In this chapter, this chapter 18 begins with how the in Brindavan it's changing from spring to the summer season. And it gives a description, the beginning of this chapter, of that transition. But it notes that because summertime, especially in India, is very hot. Everything dries up. The leaves, you know, turn brown and the, and, and the water dries up. It's very hot. People are struggling, suffering. But in Vrindavan, the summer season seemed just like spring. It was completely sweet all the water falls are falling the rivers are flowing everything's luscious and green and cool breezes sweet breezes so i was thinking how the addition of krishna consciousness makes everything sweet i saw a bumper sticker the other day uh, and it said no bad days and the idea is that, you know, if you're living in Southern California, everything's sweet. There's no bad days. But I live in Southern California. We have earthquakes, forest fires, drive-by shootings. I mean, forget it. It's not the golden state. So, but if we add Krishna consciousness, if we're Krishna conscious, wherever we are in any state of life, in any physical location, if we remember Krishna, we take shelter of Krishna, we're serving Krishna and the Vaishnavas, there are no bad days. So by the because Krishna was present, summer became spring. If Krishna is in our heart and in our consciousness, there are no bad days. Every day is a festival in the service of Krishna. So this is a chance to this festival of these. Uh, all these different katas in Kartik season, uh, if we take shelter that there'll be no bad days, everything will be auspicious, no matter what our physical condition. So there's an invocation. Hare Krishna. The, 
as far as wishful thinking, anthropomorphism, you want me to believe that you know the supreme cause of all causes is a Sham Sundar, little cowherd boy. I mean, you know, get real. Uh, I'm a man of facts and logic. And we hear that all the time. And Prabhupada talks about it. So let's say this. If I were to pick a name, because we're asking you to become Krishna conscious and to love Krishna and serve Krishna, pick a name out of a phone book. You know, or whatever. Just you see a signboard. Joe Smith. And I ask you, love Joe Smith with all your heart, all your mind, surrender everything, give up all your personal desires, and just serve Joe Smith. Well, hang on a minute. Who is he? You know, what's he look like? You know, what's, what's his person? Why should I surrender to him? There's got to be knowledge. There's got to be understanding. What is it? Um, you have to know in truth. Then you can surrender. So the natural response is, if you want me to surrender, I have to know why. I have to know who. I, why, if you want me to love this person, what is lovable about them? So Prabhupada says, you know, what is it? Paritanai sadhunam vanasaya chaduskritam dharma samstapanartaya sambhavami yuge yuge. So why does Krishna come? We want to know. We want to love Krishna. We better know something about Krishna. So Prabhupada says, Krishna, it's, Krishna says in the Gita that I come to annihilate the demons. I come to protect the devotees. I come to establish dharma. But then Prabhupada dismisses, dismisses all that. It says, that's not really why I come. What? Prabhupada said, the reason Krishna comes to this world is just to give the devotees something to talk about. There's that one chapter in this section, a 10th canto, Krishna Leela Vrindavan. Um, Prabhupada calls it wonderful Krishna. So this Kartik season is a chance to meditate on the wonderful qualities of Krishna. And that's how we can love him. That's how we can surrender him. That's how we can feel secure. Prabhupada said one time, you think you're sitting on the floor. I'm sitting in the hand of Krishna. So that sense of ashraya, protection, shelter, uh, that's the fruit, the parayojana of this Kartik season. So the, and, and Prabhupada says, uh, we were on a morning walk in Detroit, on a place called Belle Isle. Uh, that's a whole other story. But as we were walking in the park, it's in the middle of the Detroit River, Prabhupada saw a statue at, at, from a distance. And Prabhupada says, what is this statue? And he turned to walk towards it. And it was a statue of Atlas, the Greek or Roman god Atlas, holding up the world. And he's holding up the globe and he's got big muscles and he's sweating and straining so the devotee said this is atlas and he's holding up the world and Prabhupada he dismissed it he said we are not interested in such a god you know the Christian does not have to exercise to become god Christian doesn't have to lift weights he's lifting Govardhan Hill as a as a young boy so they painted a picture of Krishna here with muscles Prabhupada said no He's a little fat from eating Mother Yasoda's butter. 
So this, this is the Krishna that we love. He's not straining and sweating and, 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 and you know, we'll get there in a minute. So, but I'm asking you to believe this. Well, why? We're not, you know, what does the Prabhupada say? Religion without philosophy is sentiment. So, I are, my premise is that believing, having faith in, confidence, conviction, those are better words, confidence and conviction, realization that Shama Sundar Krishna, Vrindavan pastimes are real. My presentation is that that is the most logical conclusion. It is profoundly reasonable. Why? Here we go. We have a choice. We're here. Let, let's, let's start you know, at ground zero. I'm conscious. I'm looking out at the world. Bhaktisiddhanta uh, Jiva Goswami says, seer, seen, and act of seeing. I've got an internal reality. There's an external reality, and there's the interaction. And as I look out at this world, my experience is that it's organized. There's pattern, there's symmetry, there's design. I mean, the more they study our mundane reductionist scientists, materialists, is good scientists, don't get me wrong, but the reductionist, materialist, every, you know, the more they study, the more they find it's profoundly interdependent, interrelated, and complex. We don't have time to go into that, but I mean, weather systems, uh, global warming, you know, you got a bunch of monkeys in there pulling the levers and buttons on the factory. Everything goes chaotic. And here we are jerking around with all the laws of nature and lo and behold, everything blows up in our face like a bunch of monkeys pulling the levers. So it is that wherever we so either it happened by chance. I'm looking out at this world and I can conclude it happened by chance. There was a big bang. There was, you know, from a tiny singularity, the creation is the original free lunch. Everything came from nothing, whatever they want to present. Or it happened by design. It's either it's either one. It's either chaos from nothing or it has a cause. And if we look at the it's pro, if we look at the fact that it's design patterns symmetry organization interdependence it is farly far more tuned than the most expensive swedish watch swish watch <laughs> i don't know maybe the swedes make watch too better than a volvo we could say that so the point is okay it's logical that everything happened by random chance there's no there's no design no no no, no cause behind it that's a real stretch. Wherever we see pattern, order, symmetry, design, there's intelligence behind it. So it's logical that because we see design, intelligence, pattern, uh, uh, logic, there's an intelligence. So it didn't happen by chance. It happened by design. If there's design, there's intelligence. Okay. Then what's the nature of that intelligence? Is it a great, you know, found my home and home is it is it the great unmanifested 
you know, who knows what? Vermont? White light? Well, is God personal or impersonal? Is that cause personal? Or remember, we're, we're coming to the point of Shamasundar playing in Vrindavan. So I'm looking out at this world. Did it happen by chance? It appears to have design. Okay, logically, wherever there's design, there's intelligence behind it. Okay, what's the next step? What's the nature of that intelligence? Is it personal or impersonal? Now, in order to be complete, we haven't touched the Vedas yet. We're just being logical. If the cause of all causes, if it's the cause of all causes, the source of everything. If I have a subset of, if I have a set of numbers and I take a subset from that, I have a set of numbers, I take a subset. I cannot have anything in the subset that's not in the original set. I mean, that's logical. If I take a drop of water, as Prabhupada says, from the ocean, and I analyze that drop, whatever qualities are in the drop are also found in the ocean. Now, this world, this existence, this I'm see or seen, act of seeing, I'm looking out at this existence. It's a subset of the absolute. And I find, or if we go to the Vedas, Purnam, to be complete, to be whole, to be the cause and source of all things. There cannot be in this, there cannot be a byproduct that is not found in the original object. So if there's design, if there's intelligence, what is the nature of that intelligence? It's logical that that intelligence must have a personal aspect. Sure, we see it every day. No doubt there's an aspect of the absolute that's impersonal. But there must also be a personal aspect. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur says the material world is a dictionary for the spirit. Krishna has arranged it very nicely. We see it almost every day. Something we see every day that is both localized and all-pervasive. Present everywhere and has a location. The sun. And there's unlimited suns. So the sun, it's pre, you know shining everywhere. But you can point, oh, there's the sun. I mean, there's the Polish space program. They were going to go to the moon, uh, go at night. No, the point is the sun is the location. You can actually go there. In theory, there's a sun god. That's another thing. So the point I'm trying to make <clears throat> is that pattern, symmetry, must be design. Design must be intelligence. What's the nature of that intelligence? If that intelligence is the cause of all causes, and here I find uh, personality, that absolute must have an aspect of personality. Sure, all pervasive, present everywhere, but simultaneously must have a personal aspect. Otherwise, I have something that the absolute doesn't have. So the absolute cause of all causes, there is a cause of all causes, that cause of all causes must have a form, must have. All right, then the next logical question. What is the nature of that form? Is that form, you know, we have the, what is it? Uh, Brahma Samhita says, uh, Adi Purusham. Uh, yeah, 
the original person, then how does it describe it? It says, uh, Parana Purusham. Okay, Parana Purusham means the oldest person. But the very next line says, Nava Yovanam Cha. Although he's the oldest person, the original candle, so many candles are lit from it, everything flows from the absolute. But, so he's the oldest person, but he's also that cause of all causes who logically must have a form. Then that form must be, if it's the source, how can the cause of all causes, the source of all life, be an old man? Why? He's the cause of time. He's not under the influence of time. So that the, the cause of all causes, there is a cause of all causes, and that that cause of all causes has a form, and that that form should be all attractive. That form should be beautiful. That form should be youthful. They weren't searching for the fountain of old age. Everyone's looking for the fountain of youth, because youth is by nature beautiful. So the cause, there must be a cause of all causes. That cause of all causes must have a form in order to be complete. And that form must be beautiful. And we have activities. We have pastimes. If, In fact, if somebody spends their whole time, they have no life of their own. They spend their time looking in the window at other people. You're arrested. That's voyeurism. People say, get a life. So the cause of all causes is only business is to float in the sky and, and wait for us to ask prayers like the great Amazon in the sky and to send us whatever we're asking for. The great order supplier, as Prabhupada says. No, Krishna has a life. The cause of all causes has, an, has a life, has pastimes, has activities. Otherwise, once again, we have something that the absolute doesn't have, which is impossible. So the simple point I'm trying to make is that as we read these pastimes in Kartik and this Dhammadar Leela and how the cause of all causes, which fear is personified, is afraid of, is running in fear of Mother Yasoda's stick. That is not wishful thinking or sentiment or emotionalism. But in the if we simply step back and think about it, it is the most logical reasonable conclusion that there is a cause of all causes that cause of all causes has a personal aspect and the personal aspect must be the sweetest most attractive most profound and why Brindavan? remind me if we have time there's a joke about when the pope met a vaishnava but we'll save that for after the class but Prabhupada came to Detroit. Well, I'll tell I'll say this first. Prabhupada tells a story about uh, Lord Gladstone. Lord Gladstone was Queen Victoria's prime minister. So practically speaking, even more than the queen, although she was he anyway, the point is one of the most powerful men in the world, Lord Gladstone, Prime Minister of England. And the ambassador from America came to see him and came to his office. And his secretary said, no, no, he's very busy. You'll have to wait. And there was a little waiting room or a big waiting room. Who knows? So he was waiting there. And the ambassador from France came. Oh, I have to see the prime minister. Very important. 
Oh, he's busy right now. You have to wait. So Ambassador France sits down next to the American ambassador. The head of the Bank of England shows up. Oh, I've got to see the prime minister right away. Oh, he's very busy. You have to wait. So now we got three. You got the head of the Bank of England. You got the prime minister. And the whole waiting room fills up. Ambassador from Russia, ambassador from Japan. So many important people. They're all waiting. So by this time, you've got a dozen people sitting there, the most important people in London. And they're thinking, who's, who's Lord Gladstone in there with? They only, we're all the important. Maybe he's talking to the queen. So one of them pushed open the door just a little bit to peek inside. And Lord Gladstone was on all fours pretending to be a horse. And his grandson was riding him. Go left, go right, this and that, you know. And he was enjoying it like anything. So Krishna is the cause of all causes. He's the Adi Purusham. He's the Adi Deva. But he actually, Krishna, because we have emotions, we have relationships. He's the cause of all these things. So how can he not have them himself? Krishna likes to sport with his devotees. Don't worry, he's expanded into expansion of an expansion. You know, Karna Dakshai Vishnu is maintaining all creation. No, it's all going on, don't worry. But it's completely logical that the cause of all causes would sport with his devotees in sweet, intimate pastimes and become subordinate to his devotees. There's a, that is the highest, just as Gladstone became subordinate to his little grandson, and that gave him the greatest pleasure. I have another experience. Prabhupada came to Detroit. I forget the year. It was the old Detroit temple. The temple was in the attic. And, you know, Prabhupada was on his summer tour in America. And devotees came from around, everywhere east of the Mississippi River, they came to see Srila Prabhupada. And, you know, temple presidents, out of love, I'm not diminishing their devotion, but they flew in, you know, fragrant roses from Costa Rica and uh, plumeri or frangipani from Hawaii and, uh, you know, whatever it is, gardenias from Florida. And it was one of those, you've probably seen those pictures where Prabhupada's sitting on the Vyasa sign, he's got all those garlands. You can, barely, you can just see Prabhupada's face, he's got, you know, a dozen beautiful garlands. So it was one of those scenes that, you know, beautiful, opulent, super fragrant garlands were being offered by different temple presidents. And it was a wonderful, sweet scene. Now, the devotees in New Vrindavan, our farm community in West Virginia, uh, the man in charge, Kirtanananda, was very tight with money. So they were they were driving Sankatan party devotees from New Vrindavan to see Srila Prabhupada, but they had no money. They didn't know this big scene was, you know, people were flying in flowers from all over the globe. So they had no money, but they wanted to bring, like Sudam Brahmana, they wanted to bring something. So as they were driving, it's about a six-hour drive from West Virginia to Detroit, they picked flowers they saw along the way, you know, growing on the side of the, of the freeway or, you know, and they made a nice little garland. So the devotee, the head of the party, uh, when he came, they arrived just as Prabhupada was sitting on the Vyasa San and they came into the temple room and 
they saw Prabhupada being all these big, big garlands buried under them. They had this little tiny stream garland of, you know, they had what to do, you know. So they were, they hid it behind their back like Sir Dom Brahman hits the, hides the chip rice. But Prabhupada, who didn't miss a thing, saw what was going on and called the devotee forward. I think it was Kaladri, but I'm not sure. Called the devotee forward. And Prabhupada took off all the big garlands and distributed them. Took them all off. And then he motioned the devotee to come forward. And he put on that little garland of flowers they'd picked along the road. And then Prabhupada said, ah, forest flowers. Just like Radharani makes for Krishna. So that sweet innocence, not the opulence of Vaikuntha and awe and reverence, um, but that sweet, intimate, pure love, that's what is most attractive to Krishna. So those are the pastimes of Vrindavan. It is logical. It, it, it is the most satisfying of all possible experiences. So as we go forward with the Kartik season, and here are these pastimes. Don't think for a moment that it's sentiment or emotion. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur says he's, uh, that Krishna is the Lord of contradictions. And he should blow. Shouldn't the, I remember as a kid, I made a model of the universe. You know, science class. You take little styrofoam balls and you paint them different colors and you've got the sun and, you know, whatever. It wasn't the fifth canto, trust me. So how can a 11-year-old child understand all existence? In the same way, we are just insignificant specks in this universe. And to think that we understand everything and everything is man is the measure of all things. Why? Everything is subordinate to our intellect, can be broken down into tiny pieces that we can control. Why? It is profoundly arrogant. But if we step back and look at it logically, that the cause of all causes is a sweet, transcendental person engaged in loving, the most beautiful, in the sweetest, most satisfying pastimes, that is profoundly logical. He's the Lord of contradictions, the cause of all causes. Fear personified is afraid of him, and he's running in fear of Mother Yasoda's stick. So in the few minutes, this is part two I wanted to talk about. The Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his uh, Sri Krishna Samhita, he talks about the different demons. Now, these asuras, these pastimes are real. Once again, it's not metaphorical, it's not allegorical, it's not analogy. They're real. Prabhupada makes the point, you can go to Kurukshetra. Prabhupada said one time, I can take you by the nose. You can go to the train. There's, you can take a train to Kurukshetra. It's north of Delhi. Simultaneously, we can draw analogies from these things. It's a historical event, events, and we can also take lessons from them. So... Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, in his Krishna Samhita, he describes how the different asuras represent different anartas within our heart. 
And he describes how prolumba, prolumba means to cling. It can also mean long, like long arms, you know, it can mean a lot of different things. But in this context, just like clinging on to Balaram, um, that even this anarta, that even as we advance in devotional service, anartas stick to us, cling to us. Uh, one can think, I'm a very advanced devotee. So, Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur says that this Pralambasura represents the clinging of puja, pratishta, and lava. This desire for fame, desire for worship, desire for acquiring you know, more and more status, and these things cling to us. So, I was thinking about this. So Pralamba Sura uh, represents these things and what to do about it. So Prabhupada refers to the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And he refers to cleaning because after all, well, I'll say this. Maldati Devi told me that Prabhupada was speaking in South India at a Pandal program. And coming out, you know, one of those 15,000 people and Prabhupada's just, you know, roaring like a lion. As Prabhupada came out, um, one gentleman threw himself at Prabhupada's feet, actually holding on to Prabhupada's feet, and said, Swami, Swami, save me, save me. And Prabhupada said to him, I can save you. Yes, I can save you. But you must do the work. So, Kartik season, while meditating on these sweet and wonderful pastimes and just taking pure nectar and being inspired by that that's legitimate you know that's we all need that and want that and hunger for that that's that's the nature of the soul no doubt about it but also it's a chance a time of reflection and and, and self-measurement to analyze oh these different asuras do i have this disease how do i have this disease and the most, as Prabhupada said, it's not so important how you got a disease, but how to get rid of it. For Pralambasura represents this pratishta, the desire for fame and position, uh, puja, desire for worship and to be praised. We all want to suck up praise. We're falling asleep in Bhagavatam. Someone mentions our name. Oh, we're wide awake. You know, at lava, the, the gain and profit to acquire more and more. So these are in our heart what to do about it. One of the things I loved and continue to love about the Vedic system is that not only does it give the most profound and astute analysis of human nature, but it also gives you what to do about it. It describes the most elevated states of, of spiritual consciousness, profound more than you will find in any other spiritual tradition. Sorry, but I said it. It's a fact. I challenge you. Match it. But not only that, I remember reading these books um, in the beginning. You know, you would read Christian mysticism and this. And these were elevated states. How will I ever obtain these? I'm just schlepping along my day-to-day -day life. But the Vedic system, Aracharyas, 
not only describe these states, but they say, come on, it's for you too. And they've left the boat of their instruction and their practices how we can actually come to the, that state. So it's possible, not only possible, it is the potential and purpose of every life. But the question is, what's blocking us? The, we're going to get back to the Anarchas. That's where we're going here. The, uh, the radio station, it's always putting out the signal. And you may have a radio. So the message is going out. You have the instrument for receiving the message. Job done? Far from it. You have to tune. You have to tune in to pick up the signal. The signal is there. But you got to tune, and you got the radio, but you got to tune it. So we need to tune our consciousness, Krishna's mercy, realization of ourself, and dare I say, our position in the spiritual world. All of that is there. But we have to purify our heart. We have to tune our consciousness to pick up the signal. And these anartas are what is blocking us. In the Gundicha Marginum, because we're talking about Anartas, because Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur says in the Krishna Samhita that these Asuras represent different Anartas, and they're blocking us from, well, I'll say it like this. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in his purports on the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Gundicha Marginum, cleaning uh, 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 the, uh, the cleansing of the, of the Gundicha temple. And you know the pastime, preparing a place for Jagannath to come at the, you know, during his Rathiyatra festival. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says that where do we want to sit? If I've got a pile of garbage and I say, oh, here, sit. Here's a pile of garbage. Please sit on it. You're not going to want to sit there. You want to sit in a nice, uh, clean place. So where does Krishna want to sit? He, sit, he wants to sit in our heart. He's there, of course, but he wants to manifest himself in our heart. And in order for Krishna to sit in our heart in a way that we can realize it, our heart needs to be pure. So that's the, as I was saying, save me, save me. Yes, but you have to do the work. Seeing an honest analysis of the anartis in our heart and then taking up the serious process for cleansing those anartas then Krishna will sit within our heart and we will realize all of these pastimes. The Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur says that um, these, these different asuras, Pralambasura, because that's my assignment, 18th chapter, Pralambasura is an agent. They were sent by Kamsa. So, and, and they were sporting. He's sporting there with the cowherd boys, uh, disguised as a cowherd boy, but of course, Krishna and Balaram, they analyzed, oh, wait a minute, this is, you know, this is, this is an asura, a shapeshifter in the form of a cowherd boy. So we have to realize that all of these anartas, they are agents of kamsa. They're agents of maya. This, oh, I get some praise. Oh, I get some, you know, whatever it may be, some position. These are actually the enemy. If, if I am attached to these and I think I am these and, oh, I'm wonderful and, oh, yes, just see, I'm such a you know, great Madunga player or I'm, a, or I'm a GBC or I'm a sannyasi or I'm a, you know, whatever we're thinking we are. Oh, just listen to my voice. You know, we've got these kirtan now. This is a side commercial. 
oh, warbling on the same note. And Prophet stopped it. Twice I saw it. He said, it's like a Muslim at prayers. We're, we're supposed to be absorbed in hearing the holy name. And if you're leading kirtan, engaging others in the holy name, it's not a musical performance. You may be, even I give you, you're absorbed in your own reverie. You're relishing the holy name. But are you engaging others? Is it a simple, sweet tune that they can follow and become absorbed in? So, you know, I'm a puja. That's my point. I'm a great singer. Uh, well, those are anartas. Those are actually friends of Kamsa. They're, they're, they're destroying Krishna. They're attacking Krishna. They're attacking our Krishna consciousness. So we have to be introspective sages, as Krishna says, Ishopanishad says, and analyze the condition of our heart and see these diseases. First step in a cure is a proper diagnosis. So these things, pratishta, desire for fame and position, uh, puja, desire for worship and praise, they're related. They're all clinging to us as we advance. These things will come automatically. And just as one advances in devotion, like Haridas Thakur, Prabhupada says, you know, if we imitate Haridas, you'll get some praise. So these things come and we have to be careful about them. These uh, friends of Kamsa. I'm looking at the time here. Um, Pratishta is desire for name fame and well we want to say for some questions i'm going to skip the details on this and let's chaitanya mahaprabhu in cleansing the, the gundicha marjana cleansing the gundicha temple um he cleaned he cleansed the temple twice they did a general cleaning and then they broke down and did everyone did a specific cleaning and Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur says it has to be, we have to be conscious and make a, it, it, it's look into our heart and throw away all stumbling blocks. Clean once, clean twice, clean three times, and be conscious of these things. Weeds grow back. So that's the, that he cleansed the temple twice. And Mahaprabhu also cleansed with his own cloth. And in those purports in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, fantastic. If you haven't read it, read it. Um, that he cleansed with his own cloth, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur says that it was his firm conviction. He did it with determination. And he quotes Rupa Goswami's Utsaha Nishchaya Daryat, that one has to have uh, enthusiasm, one has to have energy and life and put one's heart into it. And one has to be determined. It doesn't happen overnight. It has to be, we have to be consistent, sustained. And one has to be patient. It takes some time. We don't give up. So that's what that he cleansed with his own cloth. And lastly, um, this cleaning was the process. Marble, when it's clean, becomes very cool. Prabhupada says, quoting Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur in these Gudincha Marginam purports in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. That marble is very cool and when it's clean, it's very cool and satisfying. So when the heart becomes cleansed of all anartas, the ongoing serious self-analysis and cleansing the heart, then the mind becomes very cool and very pleasing and very satisfying. And Krishna will want to sit within our heart. And these pastimes will become realized and real.
So that's a little preface. Uh, I'm winding up now uh, for the Kartik season and a little glimpse into Pralambasura, both the pastime and the Anartas. I wanted to say just something else. Um, that our life is meant for more. Just to, you get some puja, you get some worship, here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, we've been Indra, we've been Brahma, we've been at the top, like Prabhupada gives the example of a ferris wheel. We've been at the top, we've been at the bottom, or a dunking stool. You're underwater, then you're getting air. This is from lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, and where has it got us? Been there, done that, and we're right back where we started from. And the so-called happiness, it's just, there's never enough lava, gaining, acquiring. You're never the best. There's always, Prabhupada said, there will always be someone who's better than us, someone who's equal to us, and someone who's subordinate to us, not as qualified. So there's always this jockeying for position. And, and the happiness is paltry. It's petty. It's putrid. It's, it's pernicious. Human form of life is not meant for that. Um, I was at a funeral the other day, and uh, everybody was, you know, praising the man, eulogy, you know, that he's there in the coffin. It was, it was an Indian family, you know, you burn the body later on, but they got him there in a coffin in his best suit, and everyone's coming up to the pulpit, and they, they kept saying, you, he was always on call. You could reach out in the middle of the night, and he would answer the phone. You know, you, something goes wrong, and you're locked, you're thrown in jail in Swaziland, and you're allowed one initial uh, international call. You call him because he'll pick up and get you out of there. He was, you know, he's always on call, always on call. You could always reach out. All of a sudden, we heard this bring, 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 bring. Was a cell phone ringing? Bring, 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 bring. My phone was off. My friend Dharma Setu, the, the the priest, his phone was off. Everybody, everybody's phone was off. Turns out that the man, the dead man, his cell phone was in the pocket of his suit. It was ringing in the coffin. I had to reach in and shut off the man's phone in the dead body, you know, right in his pocket. And my friend Dharma Setu turned to me and said, "Well." He's out of range now. He's not picking up any calls. So whatever he may have been, whatever he may have had, where is it now? So, you know, rest in peace, as they say. You know, in America, they because I know this goes around the world. There's a saying that at the time of death, may he rest in peace. May you be so lucky. We come back. You know, you don't rest in peace at all. You don't get a moment's peace. You get trained up by the Yamadutas and, you know, all the hellish experiences. And then you get primed for your next body and boom, thrown back in another womb and off you go again. You don't get a moment's peace. So the happiness when we're conscious is not much to write home about. Um, it's temporary. And then we got to go through the whole thing again. We're hankering that we want it. When you get it, you lose it. It's just a mess. The whole thing is a mess. It is a blazing fire. And all it leaves is ashes. 
Prabhupada was on a morning walk. Mukundamarsh told me this. The um, they were outside the manor, you know, and, and it's beautiful countryside, especially in those days. And you know, the British, to their credit, they have those little paths, nature paths around the village, and you know, it's nice. So there were different gentlemen. They were out on their walk, their morning constitutional, and they were out walking, and Prabhupada was out walking, and they would pass each other, Prabhupada with you know, with some devotees. And they'd be walking with their dog and their, you know, whatever, the few of their friends. And being British, they would say, good morning, sir. And Prabhupada would say, good morning back. They would say, good morning. So this several exchanges of this, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. So when Prabhupada, after a few of these exchanges, when Prabhupada got out of earshot, uh, out of the hearing range, Prabhupada said, ask the devotees, do you know what this good morning means? Devotees, you know, Prabhupada liked to eat, you know, to make sure we were thinking. So Prabhupada would ask questions. So challenge us. So Prabhupada said, do you know what this good morning means? Prabhupada said it actually comes from a British, it's a benediction. May you have a good morning. So Prabhupada said, actually for the materialist, this good morning, what does it mean? It means nothing horrible has happened yet. So far, so good. That's what the man said when he fell off the roof before he hit the ground. So you got up in the morning, nothing, nothing horrible's happened yet. But it's all downhill from then, I swear to you. But Prabhupada said, actually, only a Vaishnava can say good morning. We get up, we have Mangalarti, beautiful Krishna, chanting the holy name. Chanting Japa, sweet, sweet, can't be beat. People talk about a mini vacation. You know, I, I got to take a little vacation, five minutes meditation, you know, a break from the grind. We can chant Japa and just it all goes away. And we can just hear the holy name, Nam Ras, and everything that comes with that. So we have to remember the Prayojana. Now we're doing the work. Prabhupada said, I can save you, but you have to do the work. We have to see the anartas. We have to do our duty. And there's no question about it. We, you know, we've, whether you're a father or a mother or a parent or a student or temple president or GB, we've all got duties. So we do our duties, but we should remember, and it may not always work out. Guess what? It's the material world. Um, and that's good. Otherwise, we'd stay here forever. So built, built into the thing, you know, baked in is frustration. And that's a good thing. But the point I want to make is that during this Kartik season and meditation on these Vrindavan pastimes, we should remember that's where we're going. That is the Pryojana. We do our duty. We cleanse our heart. We serve the Vaishnavas. We serve the Sankirtan mission. And before we know it, we will wake up. Prophets, it's like you wake up from you wake up from a dream. You'll be dreaming so many things. I'm being chased by a tiger. I'm president of the United States. And then I, you know, you know, they whatever. So much scrambled up in the brain. And then when we wake up, we remember, oh, oh, I'm Mr. So-and-so, and I've got to go to work, and I've got to, you know. So we put aside all that and we fall right in with our real life, as they say, when we wake up from a dream. So this world is like a dream. It's a nightmare, actually. 
And, but we will wake up from it. And Prabhupada said, and the cowherd boys are coming over the hill and they'll say, come on and we'll fall in and off we go to Govardhan Hill. So we have to remember, A, it's completely logical that these pastimes are real. B, we can join in them. We can, if we cleanse our heart, it's for us. They're saving us. There's a spot on the bus for us. And the prayojana is the wonderful, ambrosial, ever-increasingly sweet pastimes of Krishna, free from all anxiety and all fear of loss. So stay the course, my friends, because we're going back to Godhead and it's worth it. So let's end there. Gopal Bhatt, are you still with us? I wanted to be very careful to end on time. I can't hear a word you're saying, Pancho. You're muted. Uh, oh, sorry. Gopal Bhatt Prabhu had to attend to something. He asked me to <clears throat> thank you on, in, on his uh, behalf and on my behalf <laughs> and all of our behalf for a, a wonderful you. talk. Um, I hope that, uh, you know, I get on that bus too by following you. There's a seat. <laughs> no, no. I'm in the back. I'm changing the tire. Hare Krishna. I can well, I can hold the spanner then, maybe. You know. <laughs> teamwork. It takes teamwork to go it back to God. Teamwork. No yes, doubt about it. Yes, yes. Okay, so yeah, that, that is our great hope. That is our great hope, and uh, and our confidence. My my point it's is confident. This. It is not just the a promise. Hope. It it's not just a hope. It's not just a promise. It's not just wishful thinking. If we step back, dispassionately analyze, it is the most logical conclusion that there's a spiritual dimension where there's a personality of God who's sweet and sublime, and we are the. There's you give me a better answer. I'll give an online chance, uh, online challenge. Anyone here send me a better answer to reality, reality, a more logical conclusion to reality. OK, I'm going to tell my joke. All right. We'll be done. Challenge is out. <laughs> Challenge is out. Yeah, but okay, uh, my joke. I think we've been waiting for many uh, millennia for uh, someone to, uh, to come up with something, but it's, it just doesn't work. It's not happening. Okay, here's the joke, and then we'll be done, because i got to go, too. So, and I'm not picking on Christians. There's many wonderful Christians. We can learn from them. There's many nice Catholics. Don't get me wrong, okay? Just, it's a joke, okay? But it has some truth to it. So, the Pope has a, uh, there's an ecumenical council, and different religious leaders come from all over the world. And there's a nice, brudge-bussy, uh, Vaishnav is invited from Vrindavan. So he goes. And they're all exchanging different discourses. And he's, of course, speaking from Srimad Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charitamrita and, uh, you know, perfect and natural commentary in Vedanta Sutra. So he's very impressed. The, the Pope is very impressed. Um, so he invites the Vaishnava, Brajbasi, that you come back to my quarters. I want to talk more. So they go back in the Vatican Palace. And um, uh, they're talking. And the Vaishnava noticed, the uh, Basi, that the Pope has a gold phone. So, you know, he looks at it and the Pope notices and he says, oh, that's my direct connection to God. And uh, he said, would you like to try it out? So the Basi says, sure. 
And the Pope says, but listen, you know, it's super expensive. So, you know, don't, please don't talk long. So, okay. And uh, they pick up, the, so the Brajbasi picks up the phone and just, you know, Govinda, Madhipurisham, you know, Dvaita Chuta, Narimananta, you know, offers some nice Ramasamita prayers and then puts the phone down. And Pope says, not too bad, you know, that only cost, you know, uh, $16,000, but you don't worry, I'll sell a ring, I, I got it covered, no problem, right? Okay, so then some time goes by, the Pope is visiting our Brajbasi. And he goes to the Brajbasi's house, gets some nice, you know, Krishna Prashadam, he's having a great time. And he notices that our Brajbasi now has a gold phone. So he says, hell, you got a phone? He says, yeah, I, I, it's my, I, I got the idea from you. I, I can also call God. Pope says, can I use it? You know, I've, I've really got a lot of issues, you know. So Pope gets on the phone. He's this problem, that problem. This. He goes on and on and on, you know, and I need this. And, you know, and, and, and Puts the phone down. It's been half an hour. Pope says, oh, geez, it must be close to a million dollars. I'm so sorry. Bajbasi, our Vrindavan, you know. Says, don't worry, didn't cost a thing. In Vrindavan, it's a local call. <laughs> ah, ha, 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 ha. But there's some sweetness to it, you know. There All is. Right. We can end there. Thank you very much, Prabhu. Thank All you so so much. This is a, this is a, definitely been very enjoyable. Thank you, Bhajan Ryan Maharaj, and thank you to our audience. Um, and please uh, stay tuned. <laughs> Every day we're uh, exploring the Krishna book, exploring the Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, make sure that you uh, are subscribed. Make sure that you're following us. And please, please share these videos with all your friends so that they can also enjoy this uh, entrance into Krishna Leela, nourishing our Krishna consciousness during this most holy month of Kartik. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna.